This is the Gospel Revolution. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. On a weather of the wild, love's been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect yet unique Here's the founder and president of the Gospel Revolution, Michael Lilborn Williams. Hello, family, and hello, Daniel Thomas Rouse. Well, how are you on this fine day? I'm doing well. Uh, like I said, we are skating through weather, and that's the only weather report I'll do. Gosh, our research, uh, Ethan's research. Let me mention this real quickly. Please find Ethan and listen to these clips he's doing. He is putting so much effort into it. And it is, um, uh, you're watching something that is powerful in so many ways. The fact that he's doing them uh, around and uh, uh, recovering from depression, anxiety, and panic uh, complications that he has had. Uh, it, well, it hasn't been that many months ago that he spent years with the thought of getting in front of a camera where somebody would be watching him was not doable. So. Uh, and each time, if you re watch the first one, he is pretty monotone, and now he's getting a little bit of lilt in his voice. And before you know it, he'll be uh, like Robert Tilton on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope he doesn't go that far. But do you know how he can be searched? I tried to find him the other day. Uh, I will ask him, and we will post it in the newsletter that you get as to exactly how to find Ethan. He does have. Several folks, uh, there's a couple of folks that's told me they're watching him. So I know he is watchable. He always uh, brings it out to me to filter through it. And I'm always just so amazed at what this young man is finding. Good Lord. And now he ordered a, uh, you know, like my genealogy map that I ordered for the kings of uh, Western Europe. Uh, he ordered a map of the set up the same way of the genealogy of the characters in the Hebrew scriptures. Oh, cool. From Noah's descendants and who they were, because several generations later, things are happening to these people. And this thing is so intricate that things that are happening hundreds of years later to the descendants of are related to what happened back. Like they say, they just got off the boat, you know, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, then what was ascribed to them. Uh, it's been interesting to see all of the uh, how the tribes were divided up to be hunter gatherers or uh, craftsmen or whatever. Now, uh, evolutionists are finding those and they're but they're putting them in a succession of for this amount of time, everybody was a hunter-gatherer, and this amount of time, they were tool workers. But what they don't know is that each of these groups were assigned these giftings, if you will, and they all happened simultaneously. But when you're trying to prove and looking for uh, confirmation bias, you put those all in an order and spread them out over millions of years. Uh, it really is quite amazing. Our conference coming up in uh, Canada is going to be uh, very informative 
goodness, I'm almost a little, um, I feel a little wary about this one because so much of what I'm telling you we're going to teach, I don't know yet. So, <laughs> but what's new, right? Yeah. This is our last podcast for the year, uh, 2023. And just looking back on the year, my goodness, it's been quite a year. Speaking of the conferences, we had two very profound conferences. We went through the the revelation Mm -hmm. and uh, unraveled so much misconceptions about that. Um, one of the big ones that we are so excited about understanding now is the thousand year reign. Oh gosh. And then we did the pseudographicals in the new Testament here in the fall. And we've been, this is week number 15 on the commandments and teachings of Christ. And, you know, we've put out a, a podcast uh, pretty faithfully throughout the year and a Tuesday video throughout the year. Uh, I have to say we, did a lot of work this year. We have been uh, busy. Uh, yeah. We uh, sometimes feel like Paul in his own rented house, just opening the doors <laughs> and saying, come in from daylight to dark. And uh, and we definitely feel like Paul, I have to say, in the format that he uh, mm. felt the unction. This is a man who had a three-year personal encounter, if uh, as best as anybody can tell, with Christ Himself, and so what did He do? Go around teaching about what about that encounter? He uh, just—I don't know that He ever—he mentions it once that I know of. As all of these that we are trying our new uh, segment that we had started <laughs> are trying to convey the validity of using the Hebrew scriptures Mm -hmm. and man here, Paul comes out of this personal encounter and he, every encounter we've been able to find that describes how Paul taught, it was the law of Moses and the prophets that he taught. And even Jesus, when he encountered the dudes after he rose from the dead, he said, let's get out the uh, law of, uh, uh, Moses and the prophets, uh, our aforementioned friends use that and say that Jesus had to go back and point out where all they got it wrong. You know, mm, <laughs> and that yeah. there's just nothing to indicate that whatsoever. If there was some line, I've been I've been begging these guys to show me one line. Where did somebody teach on it? You see, the the Bible is the source of 46,000 denominations on the earth. It is the source. They all got these. uh, Mormonism got their doctrine out of the Bible, plus a personal vision about some copper tablets that's not (laughs) in the Bible. (laughs) But once you take something out of context, and you establish a belief system, number one, the brain atrophies, and you have to go looking for confirmation bias. And mm-hmm. we've seen that happen, documented that 46,000 times people have found one verse, took it out of context, the brain atrophies, and they go looking for uh, confirmation bias. And you have to fight against that, not fight for it, uh, but fight against it because the uh, it is it's uh, it 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 ends up being just uh, d- don't wait until the generations to come to figure out what a fool you were. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather know what a fool I am right now instead of somebody <laughs> else finding out about it later. 
That's why it's easy for us to admit that we're wrong. We are, uh, as I said uh, on one of our recent sessions, whether it was the Tuesday or what, I don't know. Everything that I now am persuaded of, something somebody says could change my mind. And But what you hear from everybody else is, this is what I believe and nothing you can say can change my mind. Mm-hmm. And that just sends a cold chill down my spine. It's like the uh, biggest blast of uh, winter weather down your back that you'll ever get. Uh, nothing. Think of that, people. Nothing you can say will change my mind. Mm. Oh, paralyzing. What's that called? It's called atrophy of the brain. Yeah. But Paul, after such a dynamic experience, uh, a live living uh, experience, encounter, personal encounter experience, whatever it was, we're just not told enough about it to be able to say exactly what it was. Mm. Uh, but it was personal. Uh, it was an encounter. It did last for three years. And he comes out of it having nothing to say except what he reads in the Law of Moses and the Prophets. Wow. So it's been a wonderful year, um, but we know that our future is bright. And we know that the we're going to have a future audience because yeah. hey, the world is not going to end. <sighs> That's one worry you can get off of your list, right? <laughs> uh, so, with that being said, Michael, who can we welcome in the future? Well, I, you know, uh, I'm I'm going to take executive command here, and let's uh, welcome our 2042ers. And this one is going to be: Is Michael Lilborn Williams still alive, or is he gone to the happy hunting ground? Uh, and either way is okay with me. I swear it's okay either way. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know you like hunting. I don't, you know, maybe I'll be happy with hunting by then. So I am not a hunter gatherer ex- unless it's at Publix. So <laughs> that's where I do my hunting and gathering. 2042, uh, if I am here, we will be uh, celebrating with all joy uh, my 80th birthday. So somebody was asking me the other day about how old I am, and my my inclination is to answer it this way. This will be the first time I've ever answered that question this way. I am so old that I have started answering prayers. <laughs> 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 no, no, that one you've never heard anyplace else. That is original. How old are you? I am so old. I've started answering prayers. And, uh, and isn't it true? As grandparents, we're answering everybody's prayers, you know, uh, the kids, the grandkids, and uh, anybody they drag into the house, we have to accept them. How many times have I gone through that? Well, Dad, I just met so and so, and if you really love me, you'll accept them just the way. It's like okay, okay, and uh, so I, you know, I've been answering prayers for quite a long time now. So, <laughs> and honestly, if you look at it, if you want to know how to be God in the earth, and we'd we'd like to help people to start at that point. Instead of saying God on earth, is there a difference between God on earth and in earth? Well, on earth implies that that earth is separate from heaven. Mm. To make it a conceivable thing of being God in the earth, in the earth is more uh, 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 painting the picture for us of heaven and earth being one place now. 
So we are uh, God in the earth. So how do, how do you be God? Well, try answering some prayers. Yeah. You know, uh, what if you went around listening to the needs of others? And uh, now this was very, was used very deceptively amongst Christians. Oh, I used it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, let your request be made known, you know. So, man, it's so easy to just kind of drop a, and I know you never did this, Daniel. You would have never been so devious. No, but, uh, uh, but, and then I started catching on that people were doing it to me, you know, well, I'm just, I am just believing the Lord for a car. I'm believing the Lord for a new dishwasher and all of these things. And then of course, uh, then the Lord impresses upon us to do what, you know, and I, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I started thinking, well, then let's let God do it. I don't want to interfere. But <laughs> <laughs> right. But the others where I was announcing my uh, need, you know, let's all just commit it to prayer. Oh, boy, mm-hmm. you're not committing it to prayer. You're committing it to manipulation and control. <laughs> yeah. Let your request be made known to God only, I think, is one of the instructions. Yeah. But uh, because we've uh, been sorely disappointed in uh, that particular uh, route, uh, it, it's, it's just easier to kind of work around that and go around telling everybody what your prayers are. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of good-hearted people out there, like, you know, even chaos grandpas. They will, uh, they will do their best to answer your prayers. So, uh, if if you can't figure out how to or even what being God in the earth is, just start listening to what the needs of others are. This time of year, I get particularly really ticked off at all of our uh, faith healers and uh, people of that ilk. When I, wa- I have watched uh, for a decade now some of the same children on St. Jude, you know, and they're just darling. And they, they're, they're not an iota better other than what they are able to be better by the technology and the medicine that has advanced. And, but they're still, you know, in their uh, wheelchairs, they're still, you know, their little bodies are still twisted. It's like if, if, if all of this works, let's, let's at least get an example going. Instead of an obscure place in Africa or someplace that it's not recorded. But you see, we don't get those wild, exaggerated stories anymore because uh, even in the deep, deepest, darkest places in Africa, they have iPhones and yep. everything can be recorded. It's like, well, show me the video and I'll show you. Uh, but now people can levitate people off the concrete in New York City. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of difficult. But if someone is body is twisted and, and they come out on the other side of the prayer uh, untwisted, why hasn't the, some of these groups focused in on you know, the little boy that's been on almost 10 years on St. Jude uh, appealing for money? Uh, you know, drop all the church. Uh, stuff, uh, drop all of the uh, hallelujahs and the praise the Lord's and uh, Bible studies and everybody focus in on doing one thing, and that is getting this little boy's body uh, to him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it hasn't happened and it's not going to happen. And to hear these testimonies, I uh, have to say, uh, now I, I temper my reactions, but you have to understand that when I hear people saying something about answered prayer, I can't help but these kids run through my mind. Yeah. And uh, Daniel, does that affect you that way? Or am I just becoming a bah humbug spiritualist <laughs> or something? <laughs> What we experienced here when we had talked about the um, promises of God, um, another great topic that we went over this year, is that there are no promises of God, oh, but there God, is yes. a promise, the promise of righteousness. And someone wrote in and said, well, you've taken hope away from you know the cancer patient or whatever it was. I think we could clarify that and say we've taken away false hope. False hope, yeah. To say that there's a hope that God would heal this person is a false hope, and that person is going to be disappointed yeah. when God doesn't, because we know He's not going to, yeah. because He's not He's not performing miracles in that way. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it that's all concluded in the work of the cross, and now um, we are God in the earth, yeah. and as we renew our mind to that understanding and take responsibility for it. I think we develop these technologies and different things that bring it to pass and really truly give hope. And, and <laughs> uh, miracles. We're passing out yes. miracles around the world, you know, and yeah, uh, these, these children even have uh, the fact that they're alive and breathing is really quite amazing. Yeah. Uh, but goodness, we, we, uh, we do heal the sick. We do cleanse the leper. We do uh, raise the dead. There are people yeah. that now die that are brought back to life that would have yeah. stayed dead. You'd say, well, they weren't really dead. Well, they would have been really dead, you know, 200 years ago because nobody mm-hmm. would have uh, known how to bring them back to life. But uh, there's an off, there's a large number of people that have, fatal heart attacks and they're brought back. There are people that drown and stay underwater for more than 20 minutes in cold water. And they now know that if you drown in cold water, that there's a real good likelihood with the right degree of rewarming of the body and resuscitation that you can come through that. And even the brain is okay because it's uh, the, uh, the limited supply uh, that is needed for the brain is all directed toward the brain and something like that until it's too late. There are those points that it's just too late and uh, mm-hmm. we don't have those miracles, but there are so many people. It is a joyous occasion. Uh, my goodness, what Christ has done, uh, not just by making the whole world righteous, but by giving us the mind of Christ. And Mm -hmm. also the ability to learn. And we've only scratched the surface of technology and medicine and uh, of of being able to know these things. So I'm uh, Daniel and I were talking yesterday evening and we were trying to look at 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 everything as we always do. But uh, Daniel said, you know, uh, even with all of that, he uh, Daniel said, I have no negative view about the future mm-hmm. at all. And, and he really doesn't. I mean, yeah. uh, it's just not there and it shows up. And I know people in all types of persuasions, uh, uh, philosophically and uh, mystically, 
who are trying to have a good enough attitude to not see the future as negative, and they struggle to do it. Uh, mm. Daniel don't struggle. No. <laughs> no, it's, it's like he's obtuse. <laughs> and uh, obtuse is, and Daniel did laugh. He had to turn off his mic because he was coughing. <laughs> so he didn't get offended at me calling him obtuse. Um, but he's not obtuse. It's because he does know and he is aware. But mm. somebody looking from the outside might say, God, Daniel, you just act, you talk about the future as though you are obtuse to uh, all of the dangers out there. Well, he's also very much aware of all of the incredible possibilities. Mm. Of all of those things being addressed, whether they are uh, uh, spiritual or physical, uh, gosh, folks, we have every reason to have uh, reasonable expectations of a really great future. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that really got me thinking about that was I was talking to um, a Word of Faith pastor that I've known for my whole life, and he was talking about how. I mean, here we have this great, quote, man of faith and, you know, faith that can move mountains. Mm -hmm. And this this gentleman has claimed to heal the sick oh, and, yeah. and, you know, perform miracles and all these different things. But he's got he's crippled with fear because he's afraid to go experience the world and uh, move out of his little town and go to a new place because he said the world is such a terrible place and all these bad things are mm -hmm. happening. and you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's all like, here you have this great man of faith who's preached faith for 35 years. Mm -hmm. And now he's just crippled in fear. Yeah. That's the, at the age when you move to Florida, you move to Phoenix, you, you get out of the cold. And uh, uh, we were talking about this and uh, they are so concerned about the state of the world. Now, that's, there's a lot to be concerned about, folks. Don't take sure. us uh, wrong about that. But what we are comparing now is uh, somebody whose life has been completely committed to the Word of Faith movement and uh, faith and believing and protection and angels and everything else. And uh, at the time when they should be moving to Florida, they're afraid to leave town. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It really is. And and our hearts go out. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> now you and Don and everybody else trying to change that. It don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, um, Michael, moving the, the show along here. Um, we as this is the last podcast for the year. Uh, this is also uh, the last podcast uh, for this year's Pledge Drive. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to, first of all, thank everyone who's been involved. And uh, we hope that you've enjoyed, those of you who have been around uh, this year, uh, we've hoped that you, um, we trust that you've enjoyed the content that we have put out and that you found it valuable. And as Don has always said, if you found it valuable, we hope that you put a little value back into mm -hmm. it. If you want to make that end of the year pledge, uh, this is a good time to uh, get in that last minute tax deduction. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can call Jeff at 321-220-4373. Or of course, of course, you can go to gospelrevolution.com and hit the donate button. 
and uh, put in that end of the year donation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we appreciate your help and um, we appreciate and we look forward to a great bright future here at the Gospel Revolution. Yeah, check with your accountant. And if you're your own accountant, just look and see where things are settling out. And it it really can come down to uh, either you're going to give it to the government or you're going to give it to us. Uh, it really is just that simple. So uh, look closely. And uh, we never want uh, what is uh, causing you to be able to thrive and to, to make money. Uh, we're not asking you to sell your 401k or your investments uh, to do this. We do understand the operation of finance and, and money. Um, and uh, you guys have been uh, incredibly generous during uh, uh, 2023. Uh, I am, at the end of this year, very grateful to have survived uh, 22 and 23 uh, with uh, uh, more than six months bout with mono and then went from there almost directly into my first bout with COVID, which was life-threatening for me. And uh, we'd already lost Don, and I, I just, it looked as though I was going to be the next one. Then survived that with some long term things, and then got it again in October uh, the 1st of this year of, of 23. <sighs> so I, I'm actually <laughs> back in the gym, and uh, I have, I'm, my muscle is returning. The uh, excess body weight is dropping. I mean, I'm feeling much more like myself today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys so very much. Yeah. So once again, uh, call Jeff at 321-220-4373. Again, um, this would be your last opportunity. Any new monthly pledge uh, during this pledge drive is going to get a copy of our uh, newly released religion-free mm. Bible uh, and First Corinthians. Again, uh, for those of you who haven't got a copy yet, you can also get your copy at gospelrevolution.com uh, and you'll find all that information on there. If you'd like to buy in quantities, uh, send us an email at freedom at gospelrevolution.com. Uh, we'll make you a deal. We'll make you a deal you can't refuse. That's right. <laughs> Morty. <laughs> I don't know why you have to be Morty, but anyway. <laughs> well, Michael, um, we have, uh, as you mentioned earlier, we have introduced a new segment uh, <laughs> about the Hebrew scriptures. This was inspired from a Tuesday video from a few weeks ago mm -hmm. uh, where you went through several of these verses um, in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, defending the Hebrew scriptures and uh, showing how this this is what these guys thought mm -hmm. of the Hebrew scriptures, and this is where they taught from, mm -hmm. uh, specifically Paul. Yeah. Uh, Paul was definitely a student of the word, a uh, student of the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, he definitely lived them, he definitely taught them, and he definitely understood the transition between mm -hmm. the Hebrew scriptures, the law, the Psalms, and the prophets, and their fulfillment mm -hmm. in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, so today's verse is Acts chapter 26 and verse 22. Uh, this is, of course, a message that um, Paul was preaching to the King Agrippa. And he said this in Acts 26, verse 22, Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things 
than those which the prophets and Moses said would come. Mm, I just, you just hit me upside the head with that. First off, Paul says, uh, all right, I, I did get help from God. All right, okay, God did help me. Uh, yeah, he did come to me in the desert. Yes, he did uh, teach me for three years. Yes, 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 God did help me. But I don't have anything to share with you except what mm. the law of Moses and the prophets. See, what happens to a lot of people wow. is they have a spiritual experience and then they start building a ministry and a denomination on that spiritual experience, or at least perceived. And uh, But Paul, you can't have a bigger spiritual experience than what Paul <laughs> had on this side of the cross. Mm -hmm. And uh, but he did not rely on that spiritual insight that he got or either that or all the spiritual insight that he did receive was based on how to marry the uh, law, the Psalms and the prophets to the work of the cross, because wow. that's all he taught. Yeah. He taught nothing else and he taught nothing more. Mm. That's good stuff. Uh, it is. I, I, it just hit me. I, having received help from God, most people talk about the help they get from God. Uh, Paul said, that's, that is a sideline. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about it. Yes, I admit I got help from God, but mm. let's stick to the subject here. How powerful. Yeah. And, and, you know, that just, it, it's just, we just shove it in the face of the aforementioned. I mean, what is Paul talking about here? Yeah. And they won't answer. Yeah. If we want to trust uh, what the prophets and Moses said would come, if they were gravely mistaken about all of this and they didn't know God and they were blinded and all of this stuff, then how is it that this is what Paul, uh, the greatest teacher of the gospel, mm -hmm. uh, uh, until Michael Lubin. <laughs> no, no. I don't believe that. Uh, my brain would atrophy if I believed that. <laughs> How is it that he and Michael Lubin Williams teach out of the prophets and what Moses said about what Christ would do? Well, and let's include our, our bro, Apollos. Uh, I mean, you will not find anything written that he was not. Uh, quoting the Hebrew scriptures in Hebrews and explaining everything about Christ through the scriptures. It's mm. not, uh, uh, you know, a turn. We're, we're, we're begging you. We are pleading with you to turn from this uh, superficial, spiritual, uh, mirror everything we've studied about mirror in the Bible. There's only a couple of places where the term mirror is used, and it has nothing to do with ways presented to mirror Bible. Absolutely nothing. Mm. Uh, mm. We are not looking in a mirror to see Christ. We're, we're not. Mm. Uh, that is that was before the cross that people had to look in a mirror. Uh, now we are face to face, and we are one to one. We are end to end all i see is somebody looking in a mirror it's like a mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all it's, oh you <laughs> are you are the fairest you are the prettiest you're the greatest 
Uh, oh, thank you. And, <laughs> and I don't even have to look in a mirror to find that out about Daniel. <laughs> Folks, uh, you're, you shouldn't be in this to, uh, to look in a mirror and try to figure out how wonderful you are. You should be looking in the scriptures and looking at the cross to find out just how wonderful we all are in yeah. Christ. Beautiful. Yeah, the next verse says that Christ would suffer, that he would be mm. the first to raise from the dead, and he would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles, mm. to the whole world. Yeah, but without the death, burial, and resurrection, I mean, there's there's none of that to share. Uh, please get that. Uh, that was Paul's persuasion. If you want to openly admit that you disagree with Paul, go ahead, but mm-hmm. but have the hoops to do that. Right. Uh, openly declare you disagree with Paul. We openly declare we disagree with uh, many things that Peter, James, and John say. Mm-hmm. And if we find something that Paul said that is uh, doesn't line up with the scriptures, we'll disagree with him also on those. And we'll tell you why and what and where. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, but. Don't don't go around pretending that this stuff is in the Bible because mm-hmm. it ain't there. Yeah. The Hebrew scriptures or New Testament is this concept of uh, that God is somehow restoring Adam. Mm. Adam didn't get restored. Adam got destroyed. Yeah. And that is the entire concept Ooh. of the cross. That's good. Uh, Adam didn't get restored. Adam got destroyed. Adam got destroyed. And uh, destruction of that first Adam was imperative to have the new. Uh, This is not a balancing act between the flesh and the spirit. This is not a balancing Mm. act between the old man and the new man. This is not a balancing act. Uh, We are not on a high wire. And uh, how many of you have lived in the Christian life and felt that high, high wire experience? I'm not on a high wire. I'm on a solid rock. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I'm not trying to live down my old man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember somebody getting up and reading and uh, it said that my old man was crucified with Christ. And he said, I can prove to you my dad was on the cross with Christ. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was just wishing. Um, yeah. But uh Anyway, folks, this is not a restoration of Adam. Mm -hmm. Uh, God forbid Adam be restored. If Adam were restored, he would still be what he was made to be, which is corruptible. Yeah. You you don't want a restored Adam. You don't want a renewed Adam. You don't want an Adam brought back to what he was uh, before he fell because he would still be in the same condition of fallible. Don't you get it? You're not fallible Mm. with God anymore. You are no longer spiritually fallible. You're no longer going to partake of something that's going to take away righteousness or or even give an accusation. Uh, Jesus made it very clear that there's not even an accusation going to God uh, against you. So you see, once you see the big picture, all these other fractals just fall into place. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. you've got to play twister, Uh, right hand on red, left hand on yellow and and get on the tight wire and start walking. Uh, We're going to go through in a couple of weeks or so uh, uh, about the straight and uh, and narrow way. Uh, Goodness gracious, folks, it's time to get off of the high wire. 
It is time to stop battling between the first Adam and the last Adam. It's time to understand there is no restoration for the first Adam. He is not being renewed. He's not being refreshed. He's not being uh, 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 refurbished. Uh, he's not in the process of getting uh, a, a new body. He's not in the process of anything. He does not exist. He is mm. gone. The old man is dead. And I've just called Adam the old man, right? So <laughs> uh, uh, stop the struggle. Oh, please come home. Please stop this struggle uh, because uh, we are not in a, this balancing act that all of these guys seem to be presenting. We could be viewing it wrong, but call us and tell us where we got it wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, we would love to get straightened out. Uh, but that sounds like what you're saying is that uh, you're trying to resurrect the old Adam. Well, you know what you're doing when you resurrect the old Adam and try to get him all fixed up? Uh, you're forgetting. And, and it is very clear. They make it very clear that because of this new focus on the first Adam, the death, burial and resurrection of the last Adam was completely unnecessary. And I see why they say it, because now the focus is repairing the first Adam. Mm -hmm. And if that's it, then Jesus did die in vain. Yeah. As they say, openly. Mm -hmm. You know, when you were preaching there, I was thinking about in my Rhema days, I, I would have been a Rhema runner. <laughs> that was good <laughs> preaching, brother. <laughs> I was a Rhema runner, you know. Oh. Uh, the preaching got good. The worship you got took good. off. Uh, I, was I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we had the runners, the jumpers, the spinners. We had a spinner. <laughs> and uh, it just had to be the Holy Ghost because they could stand there and spin like a whirling dervish in the in the front of the building. But you got to understand whirling dervishes practice that also, and they can do it for unending time without even getting out of step. Yeah. Uh, it is a learned quality. It is not a spiritual quality to be able to spin <laughs> in circles for a long time and not fall down. Uh, Daniel would take off running. We had a couple of <laughs> runners also, you know. And <laughs> now, those of you that weren't raised around Pentecostalism or Word of Faith or Charismatic, you think we're all nuts, and we were, but you were too. Yeah, uh, you were uh, were just as nuts as we were, uh, not because of what we did and did not do, but because of what we knew and what we did not. You know, Michael, I think that's a good uh, segue into our um, next topic here on the teachings and commandments of Christ, uh, which is don't cast your pearls before the, the swine. Oh, those dirty swine. <laughs> I'm telling you, if they are not a part of the gospel revolution, they are swine. Right, Daniel? <laughs> well, that is certainly the way it is interpreted. I mean, if you go to a Mormon church, you will hear about the swine. If you go to a yep. Catholic church, you'll hear about the swine. If you go to a charismatic church, you'll hear about the swine. If you go to a Baptist church, you'll hear about the swine. And what they have all have is pearls. Mm -hmm. If you go yep. to Islam, uh, if you go to uh, a mosque, you're going to hear about swine and they're going to be the ones with the pearls. If you go to a synagogue, they're going to be the uh, don't cast your uh, pearls. I start to say the swine before the pearls. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's a good insight. I don't know. But uh, no matter where you go, this is subject to interpretation. Yeah. So, uh, boy, you've bit off one for us here, Daniel. I don't know a thing about this, so you're going to have to know something. 
<laughs> well, this is, um, uh, again, we we're in a series where we are going through the commandments and teachings of Christ, and we are working from someone else's list. Uh, we didn't create this list. This is one that was created. And at the end of the series, we are going to expose who made this list. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're holding that information from you on purpose. Um, but this next one here is uh, casting your pearls before the swine. And it's out of Matthew chapter 7. Mm. Uh, we ended in Matthew chapter 7 last week. And this is picking up where we left off. And it says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before the swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And boy, I could tell you about the times I cast my pearls before the swine and they turned and they rended me. That's for sure. I've been rended more than anybody's ever been rended. Uh, <laughs> 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 so... And don't play that slow and don't play it fast because it may sound totally different. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Rend, R-E-N-D. Yes, <laughs> and we're not even going to take that out. Uh, uh, everybody needs a good laugh now and then when uh, Michael Williams makes a fool out of himself, especially. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes, uh, that's how I used it. Everybody that mm. disagrees, uh, one person's pearls is another person's swine. Mm. And one person's swine is another person's pearls. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. So what are we going to do with this? Um, goodness, Daniel, we're down into verse 7 of this chapter. That, uh, And then, of course, uh, uh, verse 8. Uh, we will uh, not go into this today, but for everyone that asketh, receiveth, and to him that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. But make sure you don't cast your pearls before the swine. All right. So we're going to view this and see what in the world we can get out of this. Well, I think as we were reviewing this uh, last night, Michael, um, We had wanted to back up because we wanted to clarify some statements from last week um, about judge not that um, you be not judged and um, looking at the speck in your brother's eye when you got a plank in your own eye. First of all, we want to very much clarify, even though as we had openly admitted that (laughs) we were judging people, um, that that's not the judgment that's being referred to here. Mm -hmm. Um, Any judgment that is being referred here has been taken away. Yeah. Judge not that ye not be judged. There is no more judgment, um, and and specifically out of the law. Yeah. So you're back up to verse one. So that's you know it's always Correct. a good thing to do, right? Is uh, back up another verse or read another verse? Yeah, exactly. Judge not that ye not be judged. For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged, mm. and with the measure you use it will be measured back to you. Now, let us remind you, of course, that that was while the law was in effect. Uh, This is a mechanism of the law that I've never heard anybody touch on before, except judge not that you be not judged, just this blanket thing. But this really, and there's several places where that this is expounded on, and uh, this is one of them, and really, uh, uh, we could probably look at some of the others, but Last week when we went into this, I just it was like, wow, that really says what it says. 
that God gave the law, but it doesn't start working until you use it to judge somebody else. Mm. And that's when the law begins to turn its wheels to crush you to the ground. So we even pondered a little bit. You ever ponder a little bit? And uh, we pondered a little bit about somebody that would have never judged somebody, then they would not have been under the law. But mm-hmm. it's not possible not to judge somebody else. Right. Uh, now, so if it's still impossible to judge somebody, uh, what can we get out of this, Daniel? Because we're, we, uh, goodness, our show last week, I, Told you openly, I still judge people. <laughs> so now we're, we're back to this and uh, help me. Yeah. So what is the judgment that Jesus was talking about? You know, and if, if you just look at the whole context of the Sermon on the Mountain, all the way back to chapter five, it's through the law. You know, what are you, what are you judging them by? You're judging them by the law. What are you measuring them by? With the measure that you measure, it'll be measured back to you. What's that measurement? And it is the law. And then it goes on to say, or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank in your own eye. Mm -hmm. So what is that speck? What is the plank? And that would be sin. Mm -hmm. One might say a small sin and a big sin. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, However, we come up with that. But um, the the point is that there is no more speck. Mm -hmm. There is no more plank. There is no more judgment under the law. And there is no more measurement by the law. Yeah. All of that's been removed and fulfilled in Christ. Well, there's other things probably could look at it. If you've got something in your eye, it makes no difference how big it is. It all fills, I've, you know, the smallest uh, little speck can fill like two before. And the fact of it is, is we would probably see what's wrong with us. This isn't probably a uh, a bigger sin or a smaller one, uh, but it is the fact that in our eyes, Our fault is smaller than somebody else's. It's just always that way. It still is. (laughs) Uh, Some people cannot feel value of life unless they can say at least they're better than so-and-so. And And what a sad place to be stuck uh, is to measure your, uh, your rightness, your righteousness, uh, your qualification, your goodness is the fact that you're not as bad off as uh, some other people. You don't, at least you're not that. How many times have I said that and uh, everybody on this planet? Well, at least I'm not. Mm. But according to the law, you are that. All right. Because once you set it into motion, it crushes everyone in its wheel. So as we go through this, we're seeing that. Um, though these were statements that Christ made to the audience of the time, as with many of the teachings and commandments of Christ that we've seen so far, uh, this one is not applicable and it, it, it can't work because it's all powered by the law. Yes. And so if the law has been removed, then this command or teaching of Christ is now void uh, because Christ fulfilled it. Um, John wrote in, um, in the book of John, Jesus said, I will take all the judgment mm-hmm. upon myself. Yeah. And so he took all of that judgment upon for the whole world so that no longer do we have to walk by this principle, walk by this commandment, walk by this teaching. So he took the speck and he took the plank. Yes. Yeah. Mm. 
So all the way down through here, though, Daniel, you know, and interesting, all of the other teachings and uh, commandments of Christ, we have found references to the uh, Hebrew scriptures. Mm -hmm. But in this list so far from Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through verse 7, they, uh, there's none there. We can't find anybody that has any references to the Hebrew scriptures we have looked, and the only place that we can find a reference in these is in uh, Proverbs. Uh, so as we were looking at this, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, time after time, it's Proverbs, and uh, the only other references are to where that these things were said or repeated in the other Gospels. But mm -hmm. uh, these, there's not a single uh, reference to uh, anything except the New Testament and their other, t the, the teachings that go on there from this or where this is repeated uh, again. Uh, but Proverbs is really the only reference. So Daniel and I were looking at this uh, and uh, uh, Daniel was one that brought it up. It really... These really sound like proverbs more than teachings. These are just, this isn't a do what I say. This is a, let me caution mm. you here. Yeah. Uh, and that's what proverbs are. Proverbs aren't commandments. Uh, they are just uh, lessons that you need to stop and take heed to. They still can be very much very powerful in a person's life. The one thing about Proverbs that you can't take into consideration is if any proverb is there and is offering any threat or punishment from God for not keeping this proverb, which I don't really know that those do. That's a good question that we can uh, follow through with is do any of the Proverbs have any consequences from God. Uh, the best I remember, all of them that are running through my mind right now are just consequences from other people, mm -hmm. from the society, from all, all of that. Uh, so this is uh, all of this from chapter one, uh, chapter seven, verse one through seven really does look to be more proverbish. Uh, there's a new word for you. <laughs> and as Daniel has been pointing out to us, that if you take even these proverbs that Jesus was calling, if you will allow us to call them that, uh, these sayings or these, and that's what a proverb is, it's a saying also, uh, or if you uh, want to leave it in the category of teachings, the only thing that we can do as all things are before the cross is to pass them through the cross and see what they mm. look like here. Uh, there's mm. so many things that are so obvious that once uh, passed through the cross, things change. That was one of my eye-opening experiences some 40 years ago when I started to acknowledge that uh, there's things Jesus said before the cross that he did not follow through with. And one of them was to the disciples, you know, that uh, if you don't confess me before the Father, I, I won't confess you. I'll den if you deny me, I will deny you. That was the one. And mm -hmm. they denied him. And it's very clear they yeah. ever one denied him. And yet Jesus rose from the dead and never mentioned it. It's mm -hmm. like, did you forget what you said about these dudes <laughs> or what? Uh, well, Jesus did, uh, was not forgetful. 
but Jesus knew the reality of his work, and there was nothing there to bring up. Isn't that just so wonderful? No. Jesus himself said, if you deny me, I will deny you before the cross. And then when he rose from from the dead, he had nothing, nothing to say about it. Wow. So I think that all of these things are things on this side of the cross that Jesus would have nothing to say about. I think the best thing we can do is take these things, especially this, you know, pearls and swine and take it as a weapon out of the hands of everyone who believes anything. Because uh, believe me, you are somebody's swine. I, I may be I may be swine to somebody, but I'm I'm looking for those pearls of wisdom that you have. Right. Uh, I promise I will not trample them, and I'm not going to turn and rend you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we really do want to understand, and uh, if you if you know something we don't, please inform us. Uh, we honestly, truly want to know. But oh yeah, but you're those people need chapter and verse. We need more than a chapter and verse. I, I, we never settle for just a chapter and verse. That's the problem: is that most people out there in the Christian world settle for a chapter and a verse, and uh, we will not settle for a chapter and verse. We want the whole teaching. Yeah. Uh, if Paul didn't teach on it, if uh, if if it is not uh, the the capability of seeing it in the light of before and after the cross, it's useless. It's absolutely useless. Yeah, if we look at this first statement here, Michael, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Mm. You know, when we were looking at that, the the story that came to my mind was this um, Canaanite woman who came to Jesus asking that he would heal her daughter. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, this is Jesus's response. He said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of those of the house of Israel. And she came and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. But he answered, it is not good to take the children's bread and mm-hmm. throw it to the little dogs. Mm. <laughs> I don't care how you look at that. Jesus just called this woman a dog. <laughs> he called her a dog. Yeah. Yep. And then she replied, she says, but yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Mm. And Jesus answered and said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done as you desire. Yeah. This would be maybe an example of taking something that was holy, something that belonged to those who had a covenant with God and giving it to people who don't have that covenant. Mm-hmm. But again, as we look at post-cross mm-hmm. on the statement. Is there any dogs? Uh, and likewise, is there any swine? Yeah. Because this woman who may have been a dog or a swine prior even to, to the, Jesus, even to Jesus prior to the cross, now is accepted mm-hmm. as uh, and loved and made one with God. And so I think that's what we need to see on this. And then the other thing is that which is holy. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that's holy that doesn't belong to a group of people? Mm-hmm. Is there a group of people that's undeserving of that which is holy? And we know in the gospel, and we understand by the work of the cross that everything that is holy uh, has been merged with every man, woman, boy, and girl. Uh, you know, if we were to accurately teach that uh, in the Word of Faith movement, as far as faith and taking the teachings of Jesus, you know, just literally, such as say, into this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea. 
No, but see, we started using that figuratively. But here Jesus uh, congratulated a woman he identified, and she accepted the identity uh, the identity of a dog, and said, "But I uh, dogs even eat." crumbs from the table. Mm-hmm. So uh, when have you heard that sermon? You know, well, first off, you must approach Christ as a dog. Mm. Uh, that's what you'd have to teach in this if you taught it in all honesty. Right. Uh, that you have to you have to start out as an unworthy, undeserving dog. Mm. That's the only way you can have great faith. Now, great faith requires that you be an attitude of an undeserving dog. Now, who in the Word of Faith movements ever taught that? Right. Yeah, it just hasn't been taught. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing it does show us is that great faith, great faith does take the, the restrictions of the law and bypasses them. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you something. Uh, Jesus is the one that did that. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is the one that took all the restrictions of the law to the dogs, and he not only took away the restrictions, the, of giving uh, what was promised to Israel to the the dogs, the Gentiles, in that reference, uh, but he also uh, uh, changed everybody to where that there are no dogs, mm. uh, as you said, there are no swine. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let's stop trying to figure out who has the pearls and who has the who are the swine. Yeah, because uh, we uh, realize that. Uh, there's even a pearl of great price that uh, uh, that is all about Jesus. Mm. It's not about us giving up everything to have this pearl, uh, but it's about Christ uh, taking. And it's not that he bought the pearl. He found the pearl. And and wait, how much do we teach on that? That was you. That was you. Well, what do we do with these swine then? Right. But it says that he that the uh, one who came from the distant land bought the land. Mm-hmm. He uh, so what did Christ do? He redeemed the whole earth. Yeah. Therefore, everything in it was redeemed by Him. Mm. So you uh, you take this powerful insight that is presented in uh, this uh, teaching about the about this powerful purchasing of the ground, so that He could own the pearl. And then bring those together, and man, you see uh, the the reality of this. Even as Daniel has already stated, uh, in Christ there are no swine, and uh, we actually are the pearl that has become of that he saw of great value. In the another parable that I think about, Michael is the sower who sowed the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, according to this parable, if you will. Um, we shouldn't take the word and just sow it anywhere. Uh, we should be specific as mm-hmm. to where we uh, sow the word. But according to the parable of the sower who sows the word, he threw it everywhere. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, yeah. he he wasn't looking at at this field or that field. He put the seed everywhere. And yes, some did produce thirty, sixty, and a hundred. Some fell on the wayside and was choked up, and you know, others were they just neglected it and they they dried up. But the point is, is that, mm. you know, if we look at so the, the different teachings and the different parables of Christ, uh, that's why we might be thinking that this is more of a, of, a, of a proverb, because what we see here is Jesus didn't just limit mm-hmm. the sowing of the word. I mean, he went everywhere and he sowed that. Even 
when he told this woman that uh, I'm here only for the lost sheep of Israel, but yet he yeah. still ministered to those who were not the lost sheep of Israel. He did come. And then we know at the ultimate, the ministry of Christ is that he brought all of the world and he gathered everyone into himself. It is indeed very interesting, Daniel, that the sower in that other parable uh, was very uh, indiscriminate about sowing. Yeah, this is a uh, uh, this is an example of absolutely the opposite. Mm -hmm. Again, as you say, how do we resolve those? They really uh, do seem to be conflicting. But both really are resolved in the process that Paul used, and that is to take everything. I mean, whether it's a, a proverb or what it is, and see how that now is portrayed in Christ. And I'm going to stick with what you said. There are no swine. There are no dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no one outside the kingdom. The same as the law declared, there are none righteous, no, not one. The cross declares there are none unrighteous, no, mm. not one. Wow, that's that's good news. It is good news. And because it's the gospel, there is no bad news in the good news. You know, Michael, Paul used this term dogs. Uh -oh. <laughs> and uh, I, I want to read that to you. Um, it's Philippians chapter three. And, you know, you recently did a teaching out of Philippians, which is really showing the context of this, but I love it. Uh, Philippians chapter three, he says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit. Oh, well, there went our whole pro uh, prospects, didn't it? So, <laughs> uh, well, let us say this. The only people that got, that Paul called dogs uh, after the cross uh, were the disciples that were advocating circumcision. This is very shocking, very, very shocking news. I think that what we would have to observe here is that Paul would have also let them know that even though his disgust with their teaching, this, this can only be used as one thing because we know spiritually Paul would have agreed that they were holy and righteous and perfect, right? Yep. Uh, but when it comes to advocating a gospel that is, uh, a clear gospel, an accurate gospel. He says it's like dogs barking, mm. uh, and it's as uh, to him it is equated to just absolute evil works. Yeah, that uh, preaching the circumcision, which is what this is all about, and chapter three is Paul's big testimony chapter, and uh, where uh, he makes it very clear that uh, even with his qualifications under the law, that he counted all of that as done. Mm. So uh, here we have the disciples being uh, referred to as dogs and evil workers, the concision as the uh, King James puts it. And um, uh, we also uh, have Paul referring to obedience to the law as done. Yeah. 
Now, that'll rearrange Christian thinking, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, So the only thing we can do is let you know that Philippians chapter 3 is there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was Paul talking about them spiritually? No, he was talking about their what they were teaching and sharing. And uh, in that aspect, uh, there's a lot of dogs barking out there, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, right? Uh, indeed, and there's uh, any if if what is taking away from the work of the cross is in, uh, is indicated by Paul is an evil work, supplanting that with the works of the law, uh, you know, it all fits in the very same category. But as as Paul would say, we would follow up that we are not talking about these people, uh, these people's uh, condition uh, in the uh, uh, results of the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. They're talking about them being out of step with the truth about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paul uh, uh, did criticize these guys. Now, when we get we get criticized for being critical of the teachings that are not in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, But Paul did that too. We're not wanting to use Paul as a scapegoat, but we also need to understand, gosh, if people see us as, uh, as dogs because of what we're teaching or evil, it's evil work. Uh, I was just looking through our webpage and uh, we have that, 32-page diatribe that Jim Richards pointed out every every wrong thing about uh, uh, blank, 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 blank. That stands for Mike. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, as he stated clearly in a video that was produced just before this, but we published that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not trying to hide that from you, but then Don Bartlett wanted to, uh, wanted us to, take uh, that entire letter and address every line of it. Mm-hmm. And we did. And uh, I, I will, if I ever need to, to listen to something that uh, would uh, cause me to know that Don Bartlett had my back, <laughs> I go listen to these several months <laughs> of work that we did. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he'd get to the point where he'd read a line, and he's like, "You sniveling low life." I mean, it was. Just, <laughs> and sometimes I want to hear that again, you know. <laughs> and I got to be the good guy now, Don. Come on, now, Don. Don, let's not go there. Um, it was probably me goading him. Uh, on down the road, he was easy to go. If you wanted to get Don inflamed, he's he was inflammable for sure. <laughs> Not inflammable, but he was inflammable. So, <laughs> you know, in uh, in Paul, as he continued on here in chapter three in Philippians, he says, "Brethren, join in following my example. Not the not those who so walk as you have mm. us for a pattern. For many walk." of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, Mm. that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. And Michael, you had, um, Mm. when you go into the Greek and you you kind of broke that down for us, is that you showed us that they are is not in the Greek. And and so what is the enemy of the cross? It's not the individual, it's the pattern. They were following after a pattern, and that pattern 
is the enemy of the cross. And what is that pattern? That's circumcision, following the law, trying to obtain yes. your own righteousness. And, and that end, the end of that is just destruction. But what we have in Christ is something that has been established, something that is true, and something that's never be taken away. And, and we are cautioning about the same. We're, we're yeah. warning you about this evil pattern. This, right. uh, this, it, it's, uh, it's not, uh, helpful. And we are advocating to you that you look at our pattern and follow our pattern. Uh, not our personal example. We're not comparing our lives against somebody else's life. But what Paul did is compare the pattern that he used. And you can see uh, the disciples based the pattern of how they taught upon their personal experience with Christ for three years. Yeah. And they their qualification, as they state, uh, and the way that they disqualified Paul was we walked with him. We talked mm-hmm. with him for three years, and uh, they uh, they were in many cases uh, disqualifying Paul by making that statement that yeah. these are the ones you should listen to as the ones who walked with him and talked with him mm. and uh, who spent time with him and weren't out actively working against him at the same time. And Paul did work against this teacher that was out and about. Um. But uh, now these are very strong words, uh, but if you are able to, as we're trying to help you find the pattern of this, Paul identified the pattern of the teaching of Peter, James, and John to be, to put it mildly, flawed. Uh, Paul said the teaching pattern of the disciples was flawed. And he was appealing to people to follow his teaching pattern. So all we're telling you is that we have decided to follow Paul's teaching pattern. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to condemn us for that, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, uh, we we can take it. We don't we don't mind. We will publish your opinion of us on our own webpage. Uh, we didn't bury this. Uh, all you have to do, you say, well, Mike, well, I want to read that. Well, you're perfectly welcome to. It's 32 pages. Uh, just go on our website and type in uh, Jim uh, Richards and you'll find this. And then if you want to, you can listen to uh, some of the most classic things you'll ever hear from Don Bartlett. <laughs> uh, because Don decided he loved me after uh, about four or five years. <laughs> and um, and uh, boy, did you talk about going to bat all of the uh, all of the things about uh, Don Bartlett uh, came out on the table with all of this. And uh, and now I look back on it. I cringed several times, uh, many times. Uh, every time, <laughs> but uh, now I look back at it and it's like, wow, you know, to have somebody who has your back like that, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. uh, that even if if somebody's talking bad about you, please, we beg you to understand that we are not calling into question these people's character. The one thing that you will see in Jim Richard's letter is that it is a personal attack. Mm-hmm. And uh, he questions my my life, my and and in fact, he just 
point blank says that my life was useless. Mm. And uh, we do not do that to anybody. Uh, we don't want to do that to anybody, but we will take Paul's stance and we may call your teaching useless, but we'll show you why it is useless. And we also invite you to reply and tell us where we're wrong because we could be getting it wrong. I don't know why people wouldn't want to make sure that what they're saying is being listened to. Now, if you are saying that the Hebrew scriptures are just old Jewish writings and are not being not uh, uh, worthy to be read. In fact, you should uh, should avoid them. You should be willing to stand by that and say, yes, we did say that. If you say that the blood of Christ could have been the blood of anybody else, and we point that out, you should be willing and uh, to refute that and say, no, that's not exactly what I meant. You don't know how much we would love to present your position clearer than what we now see it to be. Yeah. Uh, and if you really don't think that uh, the big last final job is to manifest as the sons of God, something that hasn't been done yet, and you're going to be able to heal the sick and cleanse the uh, lepers once you do, then we will help you say that. We'll let everybody know that's exactly what you're saying. If that's not what you're saying, let us know. Let us help you. Uh, we don't have anything to offer except what Paul had to teach and the validation of the work of the cross. We're not mad at anybody. Uh, the, some of the people, as I've told you, I've met them. Uh, Carlton Pearson was one of the sweetest, kindest people that I have ever met. And yet he missed the greatest opportunity to actually make an impact on this earth by listening to the gospel and then going with this uh, patchwork of doctrines that you can, you can find everything that Carlton taught out of somebody else's writings that don't get, uh, 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 they don't get the credit for that in Carlton's teachings because he kind of patched together a thing from just about every religion that you could think of and started trying to explain it. Uh, so uh, Carlton was a wonderful man. Uh, I, there's just not a thing in the world I could say to you to discredit his character uh, or anything about him. But I, uh, after his death, I found myself, uh, I, I, I grieved for him, uh, but I was angry with him that such an opportunity was missed. Mm. And we can't do that anymore. We just can't do that anymore, folks. And uh, it is always so uh, amazing to me. Now, see, Carlton never called and said, now, Mike, this is where that I disagree. This is where I think that we uh, are uh, going on different paths. Why? Why, after admitting that you, you've just heard the greatest teacher of the gospel, that you've ever heard, uh, and then uh, turn around and decide to not at least have some uh, uh, collaboration, some uh, comparison of thought. Uh, I don't understand that. Uh, why do uh, people, when they change their mind from the gospel, they don't want to talk about it? 
Folks, every time I change my mind, I want to talk about it. I, I want to tell you where I was wrong. I want to tell you and see if you can find any flaws with what we're teaching here. We want that. We need it. And uh, uh, the goal is not going to be just, oh, well, here, we're going to prove them wrong. Our goal is to let what you say to us change our minds. Mm. And I don't know how to say that any clearer, but that is not how we're perceived. And I'm doing, and Daniel is doing everything he can for us to be able to have that perception changed because that is not what we're doing. That is not what we're saying, but we do agree. And we are as strong as Paul is about calling out a teaching for what it is. And, you know, Michael, perhaps a lot of this is based in this this parable of Christ is, or this proverb of Christ, yeah. is they see this as their pearl, yeah. that they're casting it to someone who doesn't see it the same way they see it. Yeah. And in turn, uh, as we examine that pearl, and as we look at it and compare it to the Hebrew scriptures and compare it in the context and all of that, they take it personally. Yeah, they do. And they feel like we are not rendering that um, teaching, but rather we're rendering the person. And uh, that's that's not what we're doing. No, uh, it definitely is. And, you know, folks, if we can prove that the pearl is actually plastic, we're going to tell you. Right. If you can prove what, quote, our pearls are, are plastic, let us know. You know, uh, uh, you know, we would gladly trade in a plastic pearl for a real one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And we've done it before and done we'll do it, it again. But, and, <laughs> and that is the issue, Daniel. There mm. are other people who try to talk like this, but they can't point to a time where anybody's ever corrected them or they've even corrected themselves. Yeah. And the most frightening thing I remember sent a chill down my spine. It was announced that, uh, and I think Kenneth Hagin said this from the pulpit himself that he had been preaching the gospel for 50 years and he had never changed his mind about anything. Yikes. And it sent a shudder down my spine. It's the first time that I realized that position about your life's work was just so misguided that you're supposed to get with something and stick with it and never change your mind. Ah. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe I overreacted and I've been changing my mind ever since just to prove a point. But uh, so far, the chains of mind that I've had and with, I've had people to approach me and to uh, tell me. And I do. I really do. Listen, Daniel, you, you know that. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I'm shown where that what I am saying is incorrect. Uh, we can uh, we can adjust that. I've, uh, there are some places where that people have introduced things to me, and I see where that their statement is correct, and the one I'm making is also correct. So I see a yeah. uh, a, a double meaning in uh, what the teaching is that I was missing out on. And uh, there's times that I I see it, and it's like, wow, boy, you are right. It's not. This is not the context of this, and I took it out of context. I've actually mm. literally done that many times. Yeah, and uh, I've watched you do it too, where you found out you both were wrong, but then it led us to an understanding of what. Isn't the truth that is. beautiful when that happens? It's like, wow, look, I found out we're both wrong. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, and uh, that should make us both happy, but. 
sometimes it doesn't. So <laughs> I think we're kind of coming to the conclusion that this is not a commandment of Christ, yeah. um, but more of a proverb. And, um, you know, I think we all do this a little bit. I do it. I don't, um, my understanding of the gospel, I don't just throw it in mm. front of somebody. Um, um, one of the great lessons I've learned from Michael um, and Glenn is asking questions, mm-hmm. uh, waiting for the questions and asking yeah. questions and wait for a true, genuine question. Yeah. Because I find some people ask questions and they don't really want the answer. They mm-hmm. just want the opportunity to tell you what they really want to say. <laughs> yeah. And, but don't ever pass that up because they may truly want an answer uh, yeah. to, uh, for that question. Folks, if, if, uh, you know, as the Proverbs uh, speaks of, uh, I don't know if it's a proverb or not about the, uh, which it's it's not. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's Tennessee, right? Uh, but it's a good proverb, right? Yeah. Now, what can we take out of this? There is a proverbial instruction in this, and that is, you know, uh, there are times that you need to know when to share and when not to share. Yeah. But the one thing that you cannot do is judge when you have chosen not to, to identify the the person you've chosen not to share with at the time to identify them as swine or, or dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everything that is holy belongs to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's some good stuff, Daniel. Yes, yeah, sir. Good job. I think I'll pay you this week. (laughs) (laughs) And so it is. We must leave you, family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the Gospel Revolution, then call our office on 832-318-9339. And you can make sure Daniel gets paid by calling Jeff and make that pledge at 321-220-4373 and speak to us about how you want to participate. Or go to www.gospelrevolution.com and hit the donate button. You can also find us on your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please be sure to hit that subscribe, share, and like button on whatever platform you are listening. Now it's good night and a happy new year from Daniel Rouse in the frozen tundra. And it's good night from uh, Michael Williams and uh, everyone here at the Gospel Revolution. Uh, we appreciate everything that's being done, uh, the research, the researchers uh, who are doing all these things. Virtually all of our posts are uh, put together by Glenn Klein, and we appreciate that so very much. And uh, thank you, Glenn, for what you do for the Gospel Revolution. We appreciate it. We are also uh, saying, you know, just have a wonderful new year. Um, the uh, 2022 and 2023, 2022 was, I was just glad to kiss it off. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's gone. 2023 was about half and half, I think. Uh, but probably more really wonderful things happened in 23. So uh, 24. Uh, without any false expectations, uh, we're going to uh, look for some really good things to happen because this gospel revolution is only gearing up, folks. We're not gearing down. Uh, we're gearing up and what we have to come in this. This is going to be very unusual, this 
this conference, uh, you say, well, is it going to be about the gospel? It is about the gospel because the, the fact is, if uh, Genesis is not true, the cross is not true. That's why the book of Genesis is a gospel issue. We sure hope that you enjoyed today's PowerCast. And remember, we'll be here to do the same thing all over again next year, only <laughs> better. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. On a weathered off the wild, love's been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect yet unique Constructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your very eyes. You are listening to the Gospel Revolution.